You're listening to the Best I've Ever Read podcast, the podcast where we discuss the best and not so best books we've ever read. We're your hosts, Liv and Kim. Uh, good morning, Liv. Good, good morning for you. Afternoon for me. <laughs> How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. Um, Kim and I were just laughing because it's like we're six hours apart. So Kim records in the afternoon and I record in the morning and I'm not a morning person, which is totally fine because I'm trying to be. But we were laughing that I should start doing vocal um, vocal warm-ups yeah. before I get on so that I don't sound all sleepy. Yes, you <laughs> will become a morning person soon enough, I'm sure, because I will take my morning rituals and just force them upon you. <laughs> I have been reading in the morning. I love I, to hear that. I deleted Instagram and Twitter off of my phone. So I have nothing to look at anymore on my phone. Um, mm-hmm. It was just getting out of hand. And now it turns out every time you want to reach for your phone, if you reach for a book, you actually read a lot more. So yes. I've been reading in the morning while I eat my breakfast. Yeah, it's been really great. Yeah, how do you how what what's your review on that? Like, do you feel more calm throughout the day? Like, what what's what's the oh, vibe you feel after reading? Yeah, or reading? Oh yeah, well, well, both. I guess. I guess deleting social media is like a nice. I feel like it's calming for everyone once you like bite the bullet and just do it. <laughs> I think it it's feels good. It's something that I do like every now and then I'll just, especially Instagram, I'll just delete it. And sometimes I just get out of hand and I just feel, you know, that feeling of like doom scrolling and I know I'm addicted to it, but I can't stop. Um, So I just deleted it. I actually listened to Binchtopia is my favorite podcast. Shout out to Binchtopia. But they did an episode um the first week of January they deleted everything off their phone and they were living like it was 2003 so I don't even think they could use they couldn't even listen to music or podcasts like they were like our phone is basically just for texting um they thought of getting flip phones for a week but to get a flip phone you have to like get a special sim card so you can't even Mm -hmm. so then I was inspired by them and my screen time is way down I've been reading more. I've been crocheting, which is nice. And I got so much work done. I've been very productive. (laughs) Who knew? (laughs) Who knew? (laughs) I think I need to do that because especially since I've been away, I'm just like on my phone so much more. Like my screen time went up a lot. I think it's because I want to see what people are doing back home, whatever, to see if I'm missing out on anything. But it almost makes me feel weird. Because it's like, I don't really miss, no offense to all my friends that are listening, but it's not like I really care that much (laughs) (laughs) what people are doing in Calgary. Yeah, no, I think I need to do the same thing for maybe like a week or so. I think my book, Instagram, even sometimes I doom scroll on that and then I get overwhelmed by how many books I'm seeing and I'm like, missing out on all these books, but I can only read so fast. So that's a really good idea. I did that last year for two weeks I think and I was only allowed to check social media on the computer so when I was on Instagram I had to have to log in on my desktop and I think it helps a lot just to stop actually scrolling I think that's really good yeah and probably not like I will get it back I'm for sure gonna get it back but Mm -hmm. I have to get it 
back for a day to upload when I finish the book that I'm reading, but <gasps> yeah, then I'll just delete it again. It's been really nice. It's been a really nice like reset to the year, I think. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Always good to do that. Mm-hmm. Speaking about book you're reading. Oh yeah. What are you reading? Okay. I'm currently reading The Idiot by Elif Batuman. Batuman. Um, I got it for Christmas. I got seven books for Christmas. Um, and then I also, of course, always have my library reservations coming through. So between the books that I got for Christmas and the 50 books I have in my apartment that I haven't read, <laughs> even though they're all on my to be to be read, but I'm addicted to the library. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm reading The Idiot. It's very, very good. It is very good. There are moments of it that are slow, but you see the mundane parts of life. Like she basically just, I should tell you what it's about. It's about, yeah, what's it, what's it about? It's about a freshman from Harvard. Her name is Selen. She's the daughter of Turkish immigrants. And she goes to Harvard and she just spends her first year at Harvard. It's 1995. So it, there's no like social media or anything. Obviously, mm-hmm. internet. So it's <laughs> like see it being written in that time period. She talks about Boston a lot, which is cool because I went there this summer. So it's cool for me to be to see like, oh, I kind of know what she's talking oh, about. Oh, no way. I've always wanted to go there. That's like somewhere on my list of I need to go to Boston because well, Harvard is just like so iconic. But Yeah, it's okay, cool. Okay. Harvard campus, don't come for me, but Harvard campus is not as beautiful as Queens campus, the school that I go to here. Really? I know. It was like the... Harvard Yard was really nice, which is like where all I think where all the students live, like the first and second years, like their residences. That's like the historic part. But the rest of it, I was like not impressed. Maybe I didn't go far enough. It was also like 35 degrees. It was very hot. So we kind of just gave up. We were like, this is too hot. We were going to the beach that day. So we like went like let's just go swimming okay yeah I I can see that and Queens I do have to say I've been there once and yeah beautiful campus like I'm jealous that you're going there because I would love to just hang out there that town is just so so old so it's so like in in comparison to Canada essentially like yeah. yeah so I think that's like I don't know it's just such a very university vibe iconic North American university vibe yeah we always say that like it looks american um Mm -hmm. but it's cool i like it but so selen she basically is like in love with this boy this senior named ivan and they email with each other even though they're in the same oh yeah okay so it's like their email exchanges and then in the summer she goes to hungary to go teach English in like the Hungarian countryside. And so it's just, it's all first person and it's all like, it's all from her perspective, obviously, but it's just her little interpretations of the world. It's very cute. It's very good. Um, It's very funny. I've laughed out loud like multiple times. So. Okay. I'm really excited to read that because that's literally the next book I'm reading starting today, probably after we're done this. Um, I heard so many good things about it. I actually found it. I went to a bookstore in Edmonton, the Glass Bookshop. And when I was there with my friend, he was asking for like a book recommendation. And the girl working there was like, you have to read The Idiot. Well, it was a book recommendation for like a girl he was buying a book for. Um, 
yeah so after she said that I was like shit I wish I didn't buy the book I bought I kind of wish I bought that one oh. <laughs> but it's I'm good. really excited I've seen good things it's a Pulitzer Prize finalist and it came out in 2017 so it is a few years old I know that this author also has a book called either or that I do have um on oh really author. uh Ooh. yeah but okay we- I heard that one's that, that one's newer right I think, yeah, I think either or is a newer, is a newer book. Okay. Yeah. What are you reading right now? Well, I just finished a Sally Rooney book. Oh. And um, I was on like a Sally Rooney binge. I I shouldn't say binge. I read Normal People like a few months ago. And then I read Conversations with Friends recently. And I really loved both of those books. So I was like, okay. I'm gonna read Beautiful World, Where Are You? Her latest release. I think it came out in 2020 or 20, no, 2021. Have you read that one, first of all, before I go into this? I have. Okay. Um, well, I think you should, so we can have some discourse on this one, but I do it want wasn't, to, Yeah, but... I think you should, because I want to know what you think, but I didn't like it at all. At all. Like no. it was no it was I should have put it down like it that was a book I should have dnf'd but because I have loved Sally Rooney's work in the past I did not like this one and I think because it's weird because I thought the characters were going to be more relatable to me because they're like in their late 20s like I am but yeah it was just so boring (laughs) like it was too mundane like you know how Sally Rudy's writing is very like atmospheric and like not too like nothing crazy happens I feel but beautiful world where are you had no plot like nothing not not nothing at all yeah that's like the short of it I guess so I'm a bit disappointed by that one I'm glad I read it so now I can stop wondering if I'd like it but yeah I was just so disappointed by it won best fiction on good yeah that's why I'm like, I agree with all like, the one-star reviews for it. I'm like, yeah, I felt that way. And I think there's people out there that would like it because especially, like, the time it came out, it was during, like, the height of COVID. And, but I found the characters just so, like, pretentious and really annoying. And I'm like, oh, shut up. <laughs> Stop complaining. Oh, my God. Because nothing I felt like nothing really happens in the story where you're like okay I get why you're upset it kind of just alluded to like things but nothing actually really happens like in Sally Rooney's previous work like in normal people and in conversations with friends there's kind of like a conflict that's happening between people yeah but in this book unless I missed it no there's nothing really (laughs) happening except for like this girl sat over a breakup and then there's a writer in the story who's like doesn't want to be famous so she escapes to the countryside and she just like hates everyone and hates being famous but she still does press events and she's like oh my life is so hard because people just know so much about me well which yeah it's probably hard being famous I'm sure but you're rich and now you're complaining and then it made me feel weird about Sally Rooney because I feel like this book kind of was supposed to be like the character Alice who's that writer seemed like that was maybe Sally Rooney 
I don't know. Oh, yeah. So, well, okay. That sucks. But I recommend it. Just kidding. I just, I like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I still thought the writing was well done, but it wasn't as good as, yeah, it wasn't yeah. as good as the other two, I don't think. Okay. I did have a friend read, um, one of my best friends. She has all three of them and she gave me normal people in conversations with friends. And I took both of them at the same time and I read both of them back to back. Mm-hmm. And I loved those. Like conversations with friends is like top, 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 one of my top books. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I asked her about this one because she has it. And I was like, oh, should I take that one too? And she was like, start with those two. She's like, that one's definitely the worst of her three books. So I yeah. knew I knew that it wasn't as well loved as the other two, but it sucks that you didn't like it. I'm also seeing you just posted a little Goodreads review this morning or today. Oh, yeah. I Not this morning. But. Oh, yeah. It was, I guess, early morning for you. Yes, very early. But, yeah, I kind of gave it a a not good review on. I was kind of mean. Shoot. But I'm still a fan. I hope all the other books she comes out with are still good. Maybe have a like some type of plot to go off of um other than just being the same characters that you've used from other books and just mm. maybe, like I think it was just too similar to maybe Emily Henry friends. yeah it's like okay copy paste but now I have we're in a pandemic and it's kind of ugh. and then the thing that happens at the very end is like my biggest like ick of reading like it's like the trope I hate when it comes to romance I hate when it comes to like any coming of age book like when this thing happens it's like oh no you just that just ruined it oh no okay so I don't want to spoil that's a spoiler so I don't want to spoil that for you for when you read it but I will read it discuss I will read it okay perfect yeah I love it or hate it together (laughs) what else have you been doing this week this past week in Sydney, Spain. Well, what have I done? I guess in the past week, I actually went to a paint and wine thing. Oh, um, it was really fun. I met a girl here over like a Facebook group, and she actually like invited me to her house, and we had breakfast. It was really oh cute. You made a little yeah. Friend. I yeah, and then I That's met so a few of her other friends. <laughs> so I was like, oh. This is so nice. And she actually told me about, she's like, I have a business where I do paint and wine nights. Mm-hmm. Um, so me and my boyfriend went. It was super fun. Like, we're not artists at all. Can I and... see? And yeah, let me get it. <laughs> let me get it. Okay. Uh, oh, here's my certificate. Did you both best paint the painter? painter? Oh. oh, best painter? Yes. Well, we all got the same one. So I oh. <laughs> Just kidding. I just, I won the painting award. Um, but this is it. Oh, it's a it's sunset beautiful. with um, waves. The waves were really hard to do. Um, so so kind of looks crazy. like it could be mountains, waves, whatever. But okay, um, for the listeners. Yes. Yes. Okay, so it's, it's giving purple pink. Um, it is a sunset. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yes. a sunset with beautiful, like, you know, when you see a sun, well, okay, this is what I'm feeling is that it's a sunset or it's a moonrise because, you know, when you're at a beach, oh, yeah, the moon is super bright and then it's like sparkling on the water, but the water is mm-hmm. like blue. That's what it's, that's what it looks like to me. 
And this, oh, okay. I, this is really good. Thank you. Yeah, I haven't done like a painting since high, I was in art in high school. I wasn't, oh. it, but um, I love painting, but I was like, oh, this is a good opportunity to just do something different while I'm away. Um, and then my boyfriend did like daytime. So we okay. have different ones because she gave us two options, which I'm glad because then we would have had well, they do not look similar at all. We both have different art styles. Yeah, it was super fun. And like I met a bunch of people that are like living here from abroad. Some people were from Spain as well. Yeah, I, I don't know. I've just been trying to do different things because I have to when you're in a different country trying to meet new people. But yeah. That was like my biggest thing. That's so, so fun. How about you, Liv? What was your highlight of the week? What did you do? Oh, um, Highlight of the week. Okay, so similar to you, I started doing art. Um, My partner, cool. Christmas, I got my partner, like, there's something called Four Cats, and they're all across Canada. They have locations in Calgary. They have locations all across Ontario. They have a few in BC. It's called four, like the number four cats. And it's $15 an hour for an hour of crafting, but they provide all of the equipment and they provide like tutorial videos. So you go on their website and you look at like what projects they have and they change the projects every month. So for his, for Christmas, I got him three sessions so that we could make this like mug and plate combo. And it's like pottery. Oh. But it's not it's not throwing pottery like on the wheel it's just like molding Mm -hmm. it but they turned out really really well oh i'll show you oh yeah yeah i want to see i want to see oh my god that is so cool (laughs) this is my mug what i know oh my god okay that is so cute and then so you go in and you like book time to make it and Uh then they kiln it for you right and you do you book another time to paint it then they kill it for you again so I like and it was $15 an hour I think for three of us to for me to book six hours which we didn't even need six we only needed four Uh it was like $140 that's like and that's really good and it's just like three date nights so we just get to go like do pottery (laughs) and then we like go out for dinner after um (sighs) Yeah, it's that so, is so fun. It's so fun. And then we also made because we had like leftover. I had booked another few hours that was leftover. So then we made vases, vases, vases. <laughs> and so we made those this weekend. And then we're going to go back next weekend and or this, mm-hmm. I don't know, this weekend, whatever. This weekend, we're going to go back and paint them. Um, But it's, so cheap like I can't oh my god that is so cool I still think that I'm gonna go and they're gonna be like you actually owe us two hundred dollars like how is it that it's that cheap that they don't have instructions it's like an iPad that they give you and then there's just videos of how to do it which I prefer okay yeah then you can go at your own pace Mm -hmm. you can chat with each other um there's other people in the studio like doing their own projects but you all have your own little ipad and then there's like one person one or two people that work in the studio and they do like if you have any questions they'll help you but you don't really need it so but they also do paint nights and they do lots of different projects they do small projects that only take about half an hour to an hour and then they do like these Mm -hmm. bigger that take like multiple hour sessions because you have to like bake them and kill them and stuff so Oh, 
wow okay that is so cool I always wanted to do like a pottery thing because I did one I went to like I don't know it was a long time ago I think I was in grade school still but some it was a company called like color me mine color me mine yes something like that and you they give you like um they already give you like a finished product pretty much you just paint it but I've always wanted to like kind of build it up a bit myself or even do a wheel one but those ones look a little frustrating um but also would be satisfying to actually get something out of it I know Seth Rogen does pottery now what the community (laughs) I followed him on I don't know some social media account his social media but he does pottery and he's really good and now because he like of course has his like marijuana company he makes products for that and they just look so cool like he has a cool pattern or I don't even know the words but it's like a yeah you should look it up he is a very talented pottery man now oh what yes right like it's so cool like it's like this cool texture that's like uh dots not dots but like bumps yes yeah yeah I'm seeing them they are who is what is he doing I know I'm like how do I get one of those and sometimes like he'll randomly send people them if they reply and be like oh I want one so I haven't gotten lucky yet I guess I haven't tried maybe I should try harder get sent a free vase but he can't be making all of these himself like he has to be outsourcing these no he's well maybe like the his the ones he's selling for wholesale like for his company but he was making those like textured ones himself like but I guess he doesn't do much else like he what, what else is he gonna do do his little comedy shows I don't think he's really acting much right now it's so for one of these but they're so cute for an ashtray right that's so I know ashtray. yeah I'm like other mm, stuff that that's not I thought it would be like a thousand dollars I mean there's one that's so 62 dollars it's 50 percent off right now but it's a candle holder <laughs> candle holder candle ashtray holder. oh my gosh okay when I'm rich yeah when we start making millions off this podcast I'm gonna be buying all my decor off his website wow did you know that he's from um vancouver yes i read his uh memoir oh really i should read his memoir yeah it is so funny you should and apparently the audiobook's a lot better because he reads it himself and his voice is funny oh he's (laughs) the voice for the vancouver metro what yeah when you get on the train like the sky train in Vancouver. Oh, I love that. I, I, I love that because I don't know. He's such an iconic, like, well, when, You're very when I found out he was from Canada, I was like, oh my God, that's so cool. And when you read his memoir, if you've been to Vancouver, you kind of know the areas. I think he's from, is he from North Van? I don't remember, but it, it was kind of cool because yeah, if you're familiar with the area, it's like, wow, he's just like me. a Canadian. <laughs> Us Canadians are so easily pleased. I know. We're so someone simple. Will, someone Such will be from lines. a city that we're not even from. And we're like, ooh, a Canadian. Oh, Canada. Yeah. Yeah. No. Unless they're I, from they're, Toronto. They're, when they're from Canada, I'm like, because everyone. I know. Everyone's from there. 
But it's funny when you're, what, especially since I've been in Spain, anytime I tell someone, oh, I'm Canadian, they're like, oh, like Toronto. I'm like, uh, opposite side by like a lot. Four hour flight from Toronto. Yeah. I'm like, if you want to drive like four days, you could get to my city. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. They you usually say Toronto or Montreal. Yeah. I'm like, the Euro- it's almost the size of Europe minus like uh, Russia. But yeah. yeah, no, it's uh fun being Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> okay, what are we talking about today, Kim? Uh so today we are talking about my year of rest and relaxation by Otessa Moshveg. This is a pretty popular book around the socials, social media, I find. I feel like anytime I open TikTok and I'm in the book area, or if I'm on Instagram. This book is always like on my explore page, the beautiful cover. It's a beautiful cover. This cover makes you want to read the book. Yeah. It makes you want to buy it. Yes. And at least. (laughs) Yeah. Our first thing we're going to do is explain our general thoughts or general ratings for this book, compare it to Goodreads. And then go into our thoughts and a bit about the author. Um, Liv, what did you rate this book? I rated this book a four out of five. Mm -hmm. I think if I could give it the not on the five scale, I would give it a 4.5 out of five. Mm -hmm. It was while I was reading it, I wasn't necessarily feeling like, oh, my God, this is the best book I've ever read. But when I finished it. It's one that I keep thinking about. Mm-hmm. So I think that that means that it was a really good book. And I, I I also really, really enjoyed it while I read it. Like I really was very enthralled in it. Like it was very easy to get up. It was a very easy book to get lost in, like just to keep reading and reading. I read it over Christmas. I got it for Christmas and then I read it like over the holiday time. So that was, it was a really nice book for that. Yeah. What did you rate it? slash your thoughts on it um I rated this book a five out of five (laughs) five out of five (laughs) yeah I okay so backstory about the time I was reading this I went to New York last summer to go to the Harry Styles concert oh my god (laughs) yeah (laughs) I remember like literally highlight of my summer I love Harry Styles uh anyway I remember seeing those Instagram posts and I was like ooh. Oh, it was That's so fun. New York is just like that was my first time in New York too. Mm. So I was just living a New York moment. But I rated this a five because I started reading it right before I left. I didn't bring the book with me because I had a library copy. And then I continued it when I came back. So do you, do you not bring library copies with you? I do. I do usually. Okay. But be- <laughs> But, like, don't you feel, like, a bit of guilt bringing a library book sometimes? Like, I always say, like, I'm bringing this book on a field trip. But what if you lose it? I mean, you can always pay for the book. I don't know. If anything happens. A library book out. Tell us your thoughts. Is it illegal to take? Yeah. Is it illegal? Are you allowed to? I don't know why. I feel like it's city property. But then I feel like I've Either. done it before. Yeah, I, I do it. Like I took a library book home um, to Calgary and then I took another library book with me to like Quebec. I mean, that was like just a road trip. But I do. I remember seeing someone on the airplane with a library book and I was like, 
are you allowed? And then I'm saying, of course. Right? It seems illegal. I don't know why, but it's a bit like, it feels a little bit rebellious. Like I, I bought, I brought other people's clothes to Hawaii when I went, mm. which what is funny because it's all over the place. I know. I'm just like such a international traveler, <laughs> but I brought that one with me, but it was funny. I only had like one chapter left and it was just like really heavy in my bag because it was a hard copy mm. um, or hard, hard back, whatever. But yeah. So Looks anyways, I didn't bring it because I had a feeling because it was, I was with a bunch of friends. So I'm like, I'm probably not going to read on this trip. And also it was a hardcover. Also, I wasn't like that into the book yet where I was like, oh, I can't put it down. I think I was like two chapters in. So I'm like, okay, I can leave this at home for four days, come back to it. That was, I think, one of the factors to why I loved it so much because I was there in New York at the time. Well, like right before I read it. And I just like was so in love with New York. Like I'm one of those annoying people that is always going to be like, I love New York. I was there for four days and (laughs) my favorite place ever. Oh my God. Ask me for recommendations. (laughs) Even though I like was just in Manhattan essentially. Mm -hmm. So I think it was really cool because I did see all the sites. I went to, you know, I saw the Empire State Building. I was in Manhattan. I went to Soho. I saw like the 9-11 Ground Zero tribute and stuff. So I think while reading the book, it was just like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm there. And I just thought this book was so comical. Like, is that bad to say? Like the dark humor is so good in this. Like, I feel like I I don't want to compare authors, but like Sally Rooney is really good at like the um, descriptive narrative that she has. But I feel like Otessa Moshfeg is also really good at that, but it has like a dark humor essence to it. And I just thought it was hilarious. And this is the first, well, first and only at the moment book I've read by Otessa Moshfeg. Okay. And I just thought it was hilarious in the most like dark and disgusting way possible. And I thought so many of the things she was describing in the book and like how the, the main, our main character just... Anyways, general thoughts only, but <laughs> I just really loved it. I had a blast. And then when it gets to the ending, I was just like, I feel like it ties everything up together because it's almost like, yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it was very thoughts. symbolic for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. On Goodreads, it got a 3.7. It has 255,968 ratings. Oh so gosh. I think we can say that's a pretty fair 3.7. Yes. Um, I don't love to go off Goodreads general ratings. I more go off Goodreads reviews. Like I'll go and read mm-hmm. books and I find that that sometimes like I'll read the one star, two star reviews that it gets and then I'll read like the five star reviews it gets. I feel like that gives you more of an mm-hmm. understanding of like who's reading the book and who's reading it for what. I personally think 3.7 is a little low for this book, but mm-hmm. I also understand that it's dark it's yeah like you said like kind of gross like it's kind of a yeah kind of grossed out by it it doesn't yeah. sit it it sits like funny when you're yes reading. um and so I think that that's a very fair thing that some people just don't like that and like that's totally understandable so 
I think that's fair that it got that rating, but I don't agree. Yes, it's- I think it should be higher, but obviously I gave it a five. But- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it should be a five. Yeah. But I can see why, because like a lot of the things in the book, it's like a it's very controversial. Like there's mm. it's in New York in the early 2000s, and that was like a very everyone knows what happened in that year you know like you could ask anyone it's inevitable to what is going to happen in the book sometime and you're kind of just like waiting for it and I think that could be I don't know I don't think a lot of people could take that well or some people can you know kind of it's ballsy it was a ball it's a ball yeah exactly so I think it's like yeah anything that's really anything that's really ballsy like this is subject to a critique because yeah. of course of course yeah not everyone loves dark humor and that's another thing too especially when it comes to like mental health and stuff like that and I do think this book is not for everyone in a certain headspace like if you're mm-hmm. going through like not a good mental health time I would not recommend this book because yes. that's a good point yeah it is so depressing in a sense like I think if you're able to maybe you can relate to the character but you're not in that headspace I think you'd think it's funny maybe but if you're in that headspace you probably wouldn't think it's too funny you might relate too much and I don't think that's a great thing either so yeah great great point yeah mm-hmm. did get it was nominated for Best Fiction in 2018 on Goodreads. Mm-hmm. You're going to hate. You're going to hate what actually won. I don't know if you know this, <gasps> but what won over it? The what? book that won over it was Still Me by Jojo Moyes. Do you know what a book that is? I haven't read it, but I have, like, I know the author and I'm. Ugh, so have the- you read it? I have read it. I read like st- what is it? Me before you. Okay, was yeah. The first okay. one and still me was the second one. And okay. Oh, they yes. were good books. The first book was really good, but so uh I don't know. I did not deserve I think the first in. Yeah, oh. I think the first book was good, but it should have ended there because the first book ended really well and I heard bad things about the oh, subs- there's like- subsequent books like there shouldn't be subsequent also, books I think for that storyline <sighs> yeah anyways okay we're- let's not talk about them they more. shouldn't even be I'm- in the same category I feel no Those that's what I feel are- like because isn't still me kind of like a romance I don't know I haven't read that one but like the first one definitely is like kind of romancy I don't know there were fucking crazy amazing books here too like the Overstory by Richard Powers, I haven't read yet, but I've heard amazing things. Um, uh-huh. What other ones were on here? Leanne Moriarty's Nine Perfect Strangers. I haven't uh, read that book, but I watched the series and I thought that series was pretty Haruki Murakami has a book on this list. Yeah, I do not agree that these... Yeah. Okay, anyways. Uh, Goodreads Awards, I feel like it's always... Just just to go back on that. Um, well, it's a people's I feel like award. Yeah, and I think it just goes based on the most popular book at the time, and even, like, there's a book we're going to talk about later, which was a winner that Mm -hmm. I loved, but I don't agree with it being a winner, but just because it's popular one, so, yeah, yeah, I think that happens with that. 
yeah. Goodreads choice, but whatever, whatever. Whatever, we're not attached to it. Okay, so tell me more about this Odessa Moshpeg author. Okay, so Otessa Moshpeg was born in the United States. She's American. She was born in Boston, Massachusetts in 1981. Her mother is Croatian and her father is Jewish. He was born in Iran and her parents have a musical background. They both mm-hmm. taught at the New England Conservatory of Music and Otessa herself is a bit of a musician. She learned how to play piano and clarinet at a young age. Um, Yeah, talented woman. She has an MFA from Brown University. She was a Wallace Stanger Fellow in fiction at the Stanford University from 2013 to 2015. In 2014, she published her first work called McGlue. It's a novella. And then In 2015, she published the novel titled Eileen, and it was also a pretty popular book. It was shortlisted for the 2016 Man Booker Prize. And that's another book I really want to read personally. It sounds very interesting. And then in 2018, she published My Year of Rest and Relaxation, the book we're reading or reviewing right now. And... A couple other works. She has some short stories, um, another novel called Death in Her Hands, and her latest is Latvona, which is um, sounds like a pretty crazy read, pretty wild read. <laughs> I'm looking forward to actually reading more of her work. Uh, I haven't read much of her work, actually. This is my year of rest and relaxation is actually the only one I've read, but she seems to have a pretty cool personal life um she also taught english in china and worked at a punk bar so that sounds pretty a punk bar in china or they were two these were two separate ventures well wikipedia says she taught english and worked in a punk bar and it seems like in china which is pretty cool oh that's yeah so pretty cool life she doesn't have too much about her personal life on wikipedia so she seems to be like pretty private which is cool Mm -hmm. um she is married though to luke b gobel who she met during an interview um it is the one line under personal life in wikipedia (laughs) (laughs) i was like oh let's read about her personal life has she gone into any drama no just married so having a little life yes well um yeah i'm gonna give Uh, a little synopsis for the book if you haven't read it um i won't do a spoiler well this book's hard because nothing like happens per se that's like a spoiler but Mm -hmm. A general idea. So our mm-hmm. narrator is an unnamed. We never find out her name. She's 26. She lives in New York City. It is the year 2000. Both of her parents passed away. And so she inherited a lot of wealth. And I believe her parents were pretty wealthy. Eventually, uh, the house that they lived in, um, she gets like rent money from that. And then eventually, I think she sells the house and gets money from that. She obviously is depressed as hell because she takes her year to sleep. That's what the book's about, is her taking mm-hmm. her, her life to sleep. Um, She was working a job. I feel like she was in the literary field. Like she... 
Oh, she works for magazine. She works at an art gallery. Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, so our, the narrator of the book, she is a recent graduate from Columbia and she just got a job at an art gallery. She lives on the Upper East Side. Yeah. She's just like super depressed. And so she goes to a psychiatrist. She finds a psychiatrist named Dr. Tuttle, who is personally my favorite character of the book. Yes, I agree. (laughs) So she goes to this psychiatrist and she like, whatever talks her, she's like, yo, I have trouble sleeping. And which she doesn't, she doesn't have trouble sleeping, but she wants Mm -hmm. these drugs to help her sleep. So um, she goes to Dr. Tuttle. Dr. Tuttle gives her a ton of different medication and she basically just starts like trying all these different medications. Um, she's taking Ativan. She's taking Xanax. She's taking this uh, weird. This is a fictional drug called Infermiterol, which is the one that like oh, yes. pass out. Um, but she's just taking all these drugs. And so, in the short hours that we see when she's awake, because we don't see her when she's sleeping, because she's the narrator, um, she basically goes to the bodega. She gets herself two large coffees with cream. She gets sometimes, I don't even know what she eats. It stressed me out so much. Her diet. I know. I'm like, you're going to die of starvation or get scurvy. It was so stressful. She would eat like ice cream or like she poor diet, very poor diet. And she would just go back to sleep or she would watch movies. She would like take drugs. Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, and she loves Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Goldberg. So she watches like she has a VHS player, even though DVDs were invented, but at this point, um, but she has a VHS player and she watches movies on repeat, like tons of movies. She always has a movie in her VHS player, and then she also has this ex boyfriend who was really shitty to her, but she Mm -hmm. um, constantly is kind of thinking about him and wanting to see him. There's a little bit of some. Some there's some interesting kinky kinky stuff that goes on with her ex. Uh he seems pretty shitty. Um, and then of course there's her best friend Reva. So there aren't very many characters in the book, but her best friend Reva comes in. Well, it's kind of like it's her best friend, but then she obviously doesn't like her. Yeah, it's almost like a it's like a weird jealousy relationship, I feel like. I think Reva's envious of our nameless character yes our nameless but character. totally is yeah but also like feels the need to kind of be her mom in a sense like take care of her because she has no one else yeah so yeah, yeah it's weird yeah she self-describes she self-describes as like very beautiful thin um has kind of has everything and then her best friend Reva is like she really describes her as like really trashy and is she from New Jersey is Reva from New Jersey yeah, I think she's from New Jersey because they there's that one part in the book where they like go to <laughs> Reva's house and I believe it's in New Jersey in like a small like a small small like town or something. So yeah, yeah. I think like have you watched the show Big Mouth? Yeah. Okay, do you know the girl? She's like the blonde one that's like Oh like, it's Oh Lola Ugfuglio Scumps. Yes. Yes, that, that is who I would picture as Reva. I don't know no. why, but like when I when she was describing, I'm like, I feel like that's Reva. Like that's, that's how so funny. Like a friend that you 
you just have around, but like so annoying, like they try their best to be beautiful, but it's just like not something that comes naturally to them or something. Yeah. So yeah. That's yeah. So <laughs> yeah, that's really funny. That's a very good visual for people. Um, mm. Yeah. So Riva is constantly trying to lose weight. She comes over to our unnamed narrator's house or apartment and just like drinks with her and then goes out. She's always being like, oh, come out with me, come out with me. And our narrator is always like, no, I'm going to go back to sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so eventually the sleeping pills, well, no, she's not just taking sleeping pills. She's taking lots of different kinds of pills stop working because she tries this drug in Infermiterol, which is not a real drug, but she tries this infermiterol and then she passes out for days. But when mm-hmm. she wakes up, she's either in a place that she... Anyways, so that's the basic premise of our book. It's all from the narrator's perspective. It's all first person. It's very funny, but again, in yeah. a weird, gross way. Mm-hmm. But from here on out, we will have spoilers because we're going to discuss the book we're going to discuss more so we we yeah there's going to be spoilers from here on out so come back when you've read it yes so here is your sign to leave see you later but if you've read the book or if you don't care about spoilers keep listening and you'll hear our thoughts do you have a favorite part of the book oh okay what would i'm trying to think i feel like okay besides the ending and how I well we can talk about the ending later yeah let's talk about the ending okay so there's definitely like foreshadowing happening the whole time yeah and I think if you just I I don't know I think this is like an easy foreshadow you don't need to know too much about history but if you know New York in the early 2000s um in 2000 you could probably guess what will happen inevitably at the end of the year yeah. Um. So I think knowing that when I was reading the book, I was like, okay, obviously 9-11 is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And if it didn't, then that's like kind of odd that you just randomly choose us. And they were just kind of know. small hints. Like she would yes. have small hints towards it that you kind mm-hmm. of, would say, oh, yes. Reva's like there's died. one part. Yeah. There's one part where Reva gets transferred to the office at the world trade center and you're like no yes right yeah so there's that part and then there was another part about like it was another thing about the world trade Center. i think trevor also works at the world trade Center. yes yeah i think trevor um yes and he is a dick like he you hate this guy he is like i believe he's a lot older than um the narrator and they've been dating on and off for a long time. And she's kind of not really seen any other people. And you won't like, I, I kind of was like hoping, I'm like, okay, he's going to die at the end. That's so mean. Ah, he was a dick. But you're kind of like, I think he was like, a, was he like a stockbroker or something? No, but I, Trevor doesn't die at the end. No, he doesn't but die. Reba at the end. does. Yeah. 
Trevor was on a honeymoon in Barbados. Yes. Oh, and he's Reba married. Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That final chapter is amazing. Like the ending yeah. is, I, I think it's just so symbolic, like how you're reading about this woman who is so depressed the whole time. And she obviously when you're de- like, she just wants to sleep. She just does not want to be on earth. And she just wants to be like unconscious pretty much. And then her friend Reva is like the life in her, <laughs> the life in her the light yeah. in her life yeah <laughs> even though they have like such a weird relationship and it's not like a conventionally good relationship it was the only person who really actually cared about her enough to check up on her to make sure she's not dead to like help her with her apartment and then at the end it's like she dies but it's almost it's so perfect because it shows you're kind of are just seeing this event and you're like who's gonna die at the end because there's definitely some that's gonna die yeah 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 it was I I just loved like I I always think of it and I'm like that was such an incredible ending and I see on Goodreads so many people don't like that ending some people say that's just like a cheap way to just end a book but I'm like no it's like so symbolic of like the whole story because mm-hmm. 9-11 did not happen no one knew about 9-11 before the ending of this book so yeah it's it's an event that changed everyone's lives. Like I, I, everyone knows where they were. Like I was really young, but I still remember where I was and what happened that day. That's crazy. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember. Cause I was only four. Oh, okay. Well, I don't, I, remember, I actually yeah, I don't six. remember it, but yeah, I know that. I mean, and some people who were four and five do remember it, but mm-hmm. I don't, my brother remembers it cause he's four years older than me, but Oh, okay. Um, I don't. So yeah, I think it's like, it's an event that everyone knows and I think the way the author wrote about it was very clever, but not a lot of people agree with that. I liked it. Yeah, I yeah. really I yeah. really liked it. I think my sorry, is that your favorite part? Yeah. The ending. I'd say it's my favorite part. But I have like favorite characters, but what was your favorite part? My favorite part, I think the part where I was like, ah, ah. Is when she, <laughs> when she woke up on the train. Okay, I was also going to say that one. Like, okay, so the thing about this book that I think really hit me is that I relate so much to her. And when you were saying earlier, like, don't read this book and you fear in the wrong headspace, Mm -hmm. it made me, like, I don't know, content warning, mental health. But, like, sleeping is a great joy of mine. Mm-hmm. and it does I I can definitely use it as like a coping mechanism because mm-hmm. I don't really have trouble sleeping so if I want to sleep more I can always sleep more and I can shut the world out in that way which is scary and so the way that the author describes it like I was like yes I understand this craving like I would do it (laughs) I can't do it like she obviously has a lot of mechanisms in place or not mechanisms but she has a lot of she has the structure around her that she can do this she has money Mm -hmm. her apartment like she has the means to be able to do this and obviously her mental state was to the point where she could do this but I was like I get it I get it I get wanting to do it yeah she would wake up out of her blackouts I was like ah like I thought I know. she was murder oh. someone. I was waiting for someone. I was waiting for her to murder someone. Mm-hmm. Or I was waiting for like something really bad to happen. And like nothing really bad happens. Like nothing horrible mm-hmm. happens when she's in her blackouts. She just like buys shit and um eats Chinese food and like goes partying basically. 
Yeah, we don't. That's when she like goes out. Well, I guess nothing bad happens. We don't find out of anything that really. Yes, yeah. You could infer that bad things do happen, or that she does do bad things, but we don't know about them because she doesn't know about them. Um, but when she woke up on the train, so basically what happens in the book is that Reva's mom dies of cancer, and Reva keeps coming to. What do we call her? Jane. Let's just call her Jane. Like Jane. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Name and it's hard to talk. Yeah, about. I know. I'm like the narrator. <laughs> she goes to Jane, our narrator's apartment, and many times, and is like, "My mom's dying. My mom's dying," and kind of tries to get empathy out of our narrator, being like, "Your mom died. Like whatever." And relate. Yeah, relate to me. Like be human for a second, and she just can't. Like she just can't. She's not in a state that she can. And so Reva finally says, "My mom died. You're coming to the funeral." This is when it is. Um, this is where it is. This is how you get there. And she gives her all the instructions of like getting on the train. So she goes. So so she knows all this information as Reva told her. And she wasn't planning on going at all. And then she takes in infirmiterol one day. Mm-hmm. And she passes out for like three days. Like she knows exactly how many days she passes out for. And then she wakes up on the train. And at first you're like, oh, like at first I was like, oh, she's on the subway. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't, I didn't get that she was on the train on the way to New Jersey, and I think that this was a very cool turning point in the story because it showed because you kind of hate her, like you're kind of like, oh my god, you're so selfish, you're mm-hmm. so entitled, like she's very, she's rich and beautiful, and she has a degree from Columbia, and you kind of get that that thing where we all do this, where we judge people like, why are you depressed? You shouldn't be depressed, like you have everything. Yeah, Which, obviously that is, I think it's human nature to do that, but. Everyone mm-hmm. is depressed and and that's like obviously a blanket judgment that we put on people. But I think it was a very cool point in the story where you're like, oh, you are human. Like there is a part of yes. you in there that actually does like Reva and does want to be a good friend and does want to support her friend. But for some reason, taking this drug that makes you black out, like, and doesn't Reva kind of say to her like, oh, you are being so nice. Yeah. Yeah. Because it seems like... Yeah, it seems like almost it's like an unconscious thing where she's has the capability to do it, like to be human, but she has to be like fucked up on drugs to do it. Yeah. So I just, I mean, a testament to many people, I'm sure. (laughs) Totally, totally. It it makes so much sense and you could make it, you can compare it to so many different situations. It's just crazy that those are the parts that she doesn't remember. So I think that's very symbolic somehow. But mm-hmm. yeah, she's on the train. She wakes up. She has like a bag at her feet with like a big fur coat. And like she had flowers for her. Flowers. And like, yeah. Flowers for Reva. So she had gone out and been like, oh, I have to go to Reva's mom's funeral. And then she gets to New Jersey and she's like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, I just want to sleep. So she goes, Reva, I need to go sleep. And then she goes mm-hmm. and she sleeps. And then there's a moment where right before the funeral, she takes a shower and you can see that she's starting to kind of be, you can see that this is where she kind of starts to reckon with what she's doing. I just remember there was a moment of like her in the shower and being at Reva's house and like hearing the people upstairs. And she kind of says like, does she say something like um, something about love or like, is this love? Like, is this family? Like, is this what this means? Because she didn't have that. And mm-hmm. so it's just a very cool part of the book where she's she starts to like kind of take a turn, but not a turn because she doesn't turn anywhere. She goes back to sleep for even yeah, more. Yeah, she goes back to what she's doing. <laughs> more intensely for the next six months. But it was just a cool, I think that was my, my favorite part of the book because that's where I really got like really hooked in. 
mm-hmm. first few chapters, I was like, is she just going to sleep? Like, what's going to happen? Like, what's going to happen in this book? And then I was like, oh. That's true. That part is, like, quite a turning point because she, yeah, you don't see any, like, kind of, like, this is actually a ridiculous concept for a book because are you really going to write about a woman sleeping for a whole year just like super depressed but then when she kind of goes in and out of these blackouts that wasn't I don't I believe that's not the first time she blacks out like there's other times where she kind of wakes up there's like Chinese food all over her table she's like when the fuck did I order all this and then that time when she blocks yes yeah random things come in the mail and like she texts Trevor oh, or like yeah. not texts emails. Oh, they she uses like A A I M or something like instant messenger. Yes, online, yeah, I, I think instant messenger. But she would like delete her messages and stuff. I believe. Yes, and she started. What did she do online? She was like webcamming, kind of like yeah. or Which like I chatting think- in group forums. One of the funniest parts of the books to me is that she was supposed to like go to sleep, and she ended up just taking a drug that made her live her life but forget it for a few days but like it didn't seem like the drug made her belligerent or unable mm-hmm. to exist except oh she buys the like nine pints of ice cream from the from the bodega oh yeah and she has like a bite of each of them and then they're just like left and then they're all melted and then mm-hmm. she talks to the bodega and she's like hey and they're like you owe me 67 dollars yeah. and she's like why and they're like because you bought nine pints of ice cream yeah and I love well and I love the relationship we she has with like the bodega because she's so rude to them like every mm-hmm. time she goes in but I'm sure when she's in her like blackout phase because it doesn't seem like they hate her like they like her it's like one of those people like if you've ever worked like a customer service job and have a regular and you kind of know when they're having like their off days or if it's an asshole like some there's like that glimpse of niceness maybe when they've had like a little too much to drink or they come in in a weird mood or with someone else and you're like oh you're different okay yeah totally yeah Yeah. there was just like so I I don't know I just love her relationship because I and I love how it's written in only her perspective so you kind of need to guess how does this person actually think of her yeah there's like so much that you have to create in your own head about her and like what could be happening Mm -hmm. it's like a lot of interpretation of like how did you interpret this book and in this part so yeah yeah what did you think about the part the second half the second part of her year oh okay so this is when she gets like so she goes to dr tuttle and she's like Mm -hmm. He hasn't told Dr. Tuttle that she's using Infermiterol. Right. And Dr. Tuttle keeps giving her all these different drugs and they're not working for her. And then, oh, in one of her blackouts, Reva came over and she must have told Reva, like, I want to stop using all these drugs. Mm-hmm. That takes all of her drugs. Yes. And then, and she, then she tries up, to be sober. She wakes up and she only has, like, two Benadryls. And so she mm-hmm. takes Benadryl and then she, like goes to Reva's apartment that was a very interesting part of like going into Reva's apartment because she had never been right. there before yes. or she didn't go there often and then she got all her drugs back and then she decided that she was going to sleep or not sleep but be in for the following six months and she hires this artist that she knows named Ping Chi oh my god I forgot about this part yes this is this shit's crazy. So she hires that artist named Holy Pink shit, yes. and is like, you can do whatever you want with me while I'm unconscious, but I need there to be pizza 
a fresh pizza every Sunday. She like could write him notes and he would bring her things. And then she was locked into her apartment. Mm -hmm. She couldn't go anywhere. She couldn't do anything in her blackouts. She got rid of her phone. She got rid of her laptop. She literally had nothing in the house except for a mattress. She sold everything and just had a mattress. Okay. And then Ping, she would lock her into her apartment from the outside. And then she, he would bring her a pizza every Sunday and she would go to sleep for three days, wake, well, go to sleep, go into her infer- infrimineral yeah. for three days, wake up, eat a piece of pizza, drink water, shower. Yeah, she would like wake up briefly. Yeah. Like to and just then, like, refresh. And then she would go back. She like calculated how many pills she needed. She had like a chart and they would like X out. He would X out all the days that he had been there. Yeah. Okay. What do you think about that part? It was crazy. Okay. No. Yeah. That, that part was wild because he's like the, he creates like an an art thing at the end, right? Yes. He creates an art thing like with her. He takes pictures of her. That part is so wild because it's almost like she's had this first six months where she's almost experienced this life of, okay, I've had my first six months of just doing drugs. Like I, I'm, I just want it to be a routine. It almost shows like people crave routine, even though you're in this state of mind. Like yes. she just wanted something to to look forward to. Almost she goes into her like blackout state, and then she can wake up, have pizza, shower. Even though it's like obviously unconventional, I think it shows that like you have to. People crave routine no matter what. Like she wanted something to look forward to, to live for at the end of each week. It's so true. She like created a little routine for herself. Yeah. It's almost like she went on vacation for too long and she's like, no, I need to start doing something at least Mm -hmm. that is like meaningful. (laughs) And then she made, um, sorry, I I was looking to see what he did. He did Mm -hmm. videos and paintings. And the show was called Large-Headed Pictures of a Beautiful Woman. And then he would, he painted her in different styles. um, And each piece, her head was really huge. So they're like, it's all different. So she was basically his, his like muse for while she was passed out or sleeping or whatever. That is so wild and so like that would never happen in, or maybe it would happen in real life but I feel like that's so unethical <laughs> I feel like oh my god totally yeah totally. what even if you consented to that I don't know yeah I remember when I was reading that I was like what is happening right now like she's just like in a cycle of like sleeping waking up sleeping waking up and then at the end but I think there's one part where she gets mad at him yes at him because he wasn't taking it seriously or something like she she came out one morning and he wasn't xing the things off and there were like beer cans mm-hmm. everywhere and the garbage hadn't been taken out or something and she was like no yes we had an agreement that had to be structured yeah yeah you have to do these certain things or else you don't get me anymore and then he like whipped back into shape really quickly how interesting is that like she even in that state she cares all of a sudden like her apartment was a disgusting mess before and then now she cares yeah it's very interesting and then when she wakes up out of her final slumber on like june of 2001 she's like a little i envision her as like a little baby deer like she has no (laughs) she says that she has no feeling but not no no she has no feeling but she's like calm 
she just accepts that she's awake now. Like her year of rest and relaxation really worked, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. I wish we could all do it. Oh my god. I was like I don't actually I don't know if I'd want that. Hibernation? Yeah, that's nuts. Okay, Kim, any final thoughts? Um, yeah, I think the main takeaway I got from this this is I feel like it's a good maybe not I, I maybe wouldn't say good but I think because it is such an accurate portrayal of how someone can be depressed I think it's a good testament to show that like even though you have really bad mental health issues it's something that you can't really ignore like if you're going through something bad it's not something that you can just sleep away if that makes sense like not to downplay mental health and stuff but I think showing that this woman is like rich she has everything she's beautiful but at the end of the day she still has this depression and these mental health issues but her life actually spirals kind of out of control like you worry about her (laughs) like you can't just really live and do nothing without things going out of hand yeah I felt very nervous throughout the book Mm -hmm. like I felt which I think is a testament to her writing. But did you feel like discomfort? Like I felt, I didn't feel comfortable reading it. No. I, yeah, this is not like a comfortable read that you're like, oh, like feel like warm and fuzzy at the end. This no. book, like you're kind of like, oh my gosh, what is, like I wanted to reach in and just clean her apartment, get her to pay, seemed like she was paying everything on time, but like just get her a planner or something like, an alarm clock I don't know you just want to shake her and be like you know like we can we can get through this in a better way yes because you see so much stuff go out of hand and it's scary especially when she's in these blackouts like what's gonna happen to you I know where are you gonna go like something someone's gonna take you or like someone's gonna take advantage of you in like a really bad way so I was just gonna say that's like how powerful the writing was though because even though we're only seeing glimpses of her being awake for like not too long. You worry a lot. Yeah, you really begin to care for her. Even though she sucks. Like if this sucks. was a person, it makes you kind of empathize with people that maybe you're like, why is this person like this? Or why? Because yeah, maybe they are going through a bad mental health time in their life. Mm-hmm. And this shit does happen in real life. Not to this extent, yeah. maybe to this, ex- maybe not this extreme, but yeah, I feel like many people can relate in that sense. So mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I really like this book. I want to reread it. Me too. I'm not a rereader, mostly because there's just too many books in the world for me to reread things, but mm-hmm. this is one that I would reread. Like, I think that you could get something different from it. It's very memorable in the way that it stays with you. Like, I think about it often, but, like, in, like, certain ways that are more, I'm not thinking about the book. It's it's sat with me a mm-hmm. lot. So I wonder if I read it again. It, I would definitely get something else out of it. I think it was interesting how at the end when she woke up, you could even hear in her tone and the way that she talked about things that she had changed. For instance, there's a part where she goes, like, she says, I love you to Reba which she never does. Yes. 
He tells Rima yes. she loves her. When she first gets up, she goes downstairs and she passes out in the hallway or in the in the lobby of her building. And then someone says, um, is there anyone we can call? And she says, like in her narr- in her narration, just people were so nice, which is not something that she would have said at the beginning. Mm-hmm. So I think that mm-hmm. And then she lives this very simple life for a few months where she reads a bunch of books. She calls herself like a newborn animal. She she slept with no problem. She slept on the hardwood floor. She would like go to sleep Mm -hmm. with no problem. So I, I... I kind of appreciate how the author like made it work for her. Yeah, even though it's like something that is a little ridiculous it's almost like no matter what shitty thing you went through like I feel like that's a pretty crazy year even though like nothing really happens mm-hmm. on the outside she went through a lot of inner turmoil and like having to be with herself that whole time yes. yeah so I think yeah she probably learned a lot about herself in that time I'm sure mm-hmm. and yeah I would I just pictured her as like an adult newborn yes. <laughs> yeah totally like on the floor yeah. But maybe it made her realize, like, yeah, you don't need all this stuff to live. Like, you could just be living and just live. <laughs> you could just yeah. live and not worry about all these other things around you. Like, again, going back to the ending, yeah, you can't even control what happens with so many things. Why worry about all this other stuff and be depressed over so many things when life could just end? Something so out of your control. Yeah. So very interesting read. I think there's so much you can get out of it. And yeah, I also want to reread it because I think there's so many little things that I missed probably. And like, if I reread it, I'd be like, especially knowing the ending and like knowing what happens. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Let us know if you read it, what you thought. Send us an email if you'd like, bestreadpodcast at gmail.com. If you like our podcast, give us a review or a little rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Yes. And we will catch you next week. Yes. Catch you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Ha <laughs> ha